Welcome to the Disruptive Consulting Podcast. Listener discretion is advised. This is Brian Tamburino, another episode of the Disruptive Consulting Podcast. Uh, today, we're here with Brent Cooper, innovation expert at Moves the Needle, and uh, recently the author of Disruption Proof, among some other books, a few others. Um, so, Brent, thank you for coming on the show. If you don't mind, take a couple of minutes and uh, just kind of introduce yourself. Let everyone know who you are, what you do. Thanks, Brian, for having me. So, yeah, I come from a startup background. That's kind of where I learned, like, there's these type of jobs that you can get where you're supposed to drive impact and not just do what your boss says. So that was kind of eye-opening to me. And uh, after the dot-com bust, there were a bunch of people that were writing books about how do we create better startups, startups that succeed better. What do the startups that succeed do differently? And so I wrote a book back then called the entrepreneur's guide to customer development sort of launched this new career uh launched my company moves the needle about nine or ten years ago and basically bringing these uh learning iterative running experiment principles to uh large organizations around the world that brings me to today here with you <laughs> well i appreciate you going from uh around the world to, to virtually from california to connecticut um, but if you, you know, we, I mentioned in the introduction, uh, author of disruption proof, what is it? How did you come up with the title? So well, I was writing it in the middle of the pandemic. So, uh, the pandemic, you know, you may have heard was pretty disruptive. Uh, and so, you know, I, I sort of cut my teeth on what everybody sort of cuts their teeth on the innovators dilemma or disruptive innovation, you know, that Clayton Christensen wrote about. And I actually think that era is over. I don't think it's about technology that's taking over whole industries. Uh, matter of fact, I, I like the name of, of this disruptive uh, consulting. Disruption can come from anywhere. And uh, disruption does come from anywhere. And the pandemic was disruptive and supply chain crashes are disruptive. Inflation is disruptive. Ransomware attacks. These things have always happened, but they used to be isolated in different geographies around the world. But really, because of the digital age, because of the digital revolution, the speed of information and misinformation and disinformation and our global interconnectedness means that all of those events can ripple across our economies, ripple across our businesses at any time. And so disruption proof is really how do we create organizations that can deal with that? How do we become resilient? How do we become more aware of these things that are going on and how can we dynamically change what we're working on based upon new circumstances? And so our businesses are constructed very rigidly, siloed, all based upon, you know, based upon Henry Ford's assembly line, to be honest. And it's it's pre-digital age, it's pure pre-digital revolution. And we need to organize and structure work differently. And that's what that book's about. Yeah. And when, when I was in, you know, even back to uh, pre-pand like way pre-pandemic um i had a management course when i first started college so this was probably 20 uh 2009 maybe 2010 and uh the professor um 
he used to talk about siloed businesses all the time. And what he used to say is the, the, uh, we needed to disrupt the silos, uh, and get, get rid of them. And, and he would explain technology is going to do away with siloed businesses and, and they're not efficient in all the downfalls of them. So, um, I mean, I think this is something that's been coming for such a long time. And, and that's just in my experience, who knows about the 50 years before that, right? Um, oh, well, I'm, I'm heartened to hear that there's actually, you know, professors that are teaching that kind of stuff because there's a lot of MBAs that are still, uh, are still pretty old school. You know, there's a lot of the, it's, it's usually represented by Jack Welch, you know, it's just like execute harder is the answer to everything, you know, and, and, uh, and efficiency just isn't the name of the game. It's efficiency to creating the desired outcomes, which is different than actually just working for efficiencies in all of your different departments. They're not additive. You can say we have to keep it. What is the outcome in mind and how do we get to the outcome more efficiently? What do you think about workflows like workflow development? I mean, I've never, I don't know. I've never, I've never, I've never been involved in that. I mean, I think that there's old lean value stream where you, you map all of your workflows and, you know, you can look at how you can make those different workflows more efficient and that's fine. You're not hurting anything, uh, but you still have to, you still have to make sure that they're contributing to the desired, the overall outcome. What is the mission of the business? What are we trying to accomplish you know uber is actually trying to get people from from point a to point b you know if if all of their drivers could more efficiently make hamburgers than mcdonald's that doesn't mean they should start making hamburgers right right correct so if, if i i think we we already know the answer but if someone were to bring you in right or or uh, read your book you know what what problem do you think you solve yeah so for more recently, sort of post-pandemic, digital transformation is kind of the new innovation. That's the hippest thing that's going on out there, which I think is actually a good thing. Companies are looking at how should they digitally transform. And so the type of organizations that bring us in are, we know how to do the technology part. We're actually got some crazy health-related science that we can correlate with all this patient data that we're getting because of these devices. How do we actually build our people to be able to be a modern more like a software company, to be honest, more like a, like a modern digital company. How do we become agile? How do we engage with our customers, our patients or healthcare providers or whoever the constituencies are? How do we learn from them? How do we understand them deeply? How do we like expose our assumptions? How do we test our assumptions to be, be you know, so that they're, we're not running down the path of building a product that nobody wants? And so that, that's really where our sweet spot is. But it also applies anywhere there's uncertainty in the business. So it could be we've helped companies because they've invested in all this new infrastructure and yet they, the people don't change their behavior. And so you actually have to help the organization get the behavior change in order to take advantage of the new technology. And that, that's, where the, that's where the psychology of it comes in, huh? Yeah, well, it's... it's it's psychology when you get to the leaders, the, the workers themselves, the employees actually love to work this way because rather than just being told what to do, it's sort of like the first thing I said about startups. They actually get to exercise their creativity and their intelligence and they get to solve problems. You have to hold them accountable for that. But it's a it's a way funner way of working. Right. Absolutely. 
absolutely so what did um you know how how did you get to where you are though i mean if if someone were to buy your book and and call you in or ask you for advice um i i think that they should consider you at that point or someone should consider you this the the sub kind of the subject matter expert right how did you get to the point like how did you build this reputation yeah, so the first book that I wrote was uh, the first book that talked about lean startup and product market fit and uh, these things called the name of that book? Uh, Entrepreneur's Guide to Customer Development, self-published. And it came out in a time that there was a community developing around all of this stuff. So I, I actually had my community to sell to, and so the book did really well. And that's kind of what launched me into, you know, sort of the expert on this. And then engaging with startups and engaging with mid-sized companies and then engaging with enterprises over 10 years 10 plus years 15 years sort of adds to that expertise right because i'm always learning it's not that i'm just applying something and going away it's like holy crap that doesn't work how come it doesn't work how do what do i have to do differently inside of this organization and so like even all of our products and services would evolve over time we started off we did it you know a workshop and then we turn that into a sprint and then we it's like well why did they only buy a sprint and why did that kind of go away ah it's because we got to get the leaders involved we got to teach the leaders new skills so that they understand teams that are working this way and so over the over the years you continue to learn like i always say you can't you can't overcome an obstacle until you run into it and so if you're deeply engaged in what you're doing inside of companies and you're trying to jive change and you're trying to improve things then there you are, you're running into the obstacles and you're going, all right, how do I overcome this? How do we actually engage this individual here so that we can make them better at what they do and so that they get to accomplish what their ambitions are? And so you're building your services on top of that and you continue to learn. And, and then in the end, you know, 10 years go by and you're like, there's not a lot of people that have been on your same journey. Right. Wow. And do, do you, um, can you tell us, you know, a brief example? when you've actually implemented that strategy? Well, I mean, I, so I think, uh, I think we were deeply involved with a company called ING, which is a bank in, in Europe out of uh, Amsterdam. And we were in there at the same time that they were doing this agile transformation. And the agile transformation was really wanting to make the whole company agile so agile you know traditionally has been just in r d or software and they were making everybody in the whole bank which is pretty amazing uh, agile but they were doing a lot of it was sort of the typical bring in the big three or four consultant types and they do this process heavy uh implementation you know they did a whole movie about it called the office right uh and and uh where they're making fun of these management consultants that come in. And uh, and yet what we do is we're on the behavior level. Like we're like working with people that are actually doing the daily work, teaching them new ways of working so that they feel inspired and they're and they're actually feel like they're driving impact and they have all of this power to go talk to customers and figure out solutions. And so you're empowering these people here at the base at the same time that some of this top down stuff was going and that was, so you sort of learn what that combination is. You can't you can't expand company wide without uh, without leadership being bought in, without leadership saying we are going to change these things. And so I think that that was a good example of we were meeting them where they are with this other implementation. Plus, 
you know, we would go from, from coaching a bunch of teams and helping them establish their experiment academy and in in teaching internal coaches how to expand and do that sort of stuff. And then we're working with the leaders and we're putting them through their own workshops. And that was, again, we, we sort of learned that we had to bring the leadership in who are under a tremendous amount of pressure because of their bosses saying that things have to change, but they're not getting any instruction other than from us on what does that look like? What does that mean on their day-to-day operations of running a freaking bank, right? I mean, so this is like, this is not like they're trying to develop a chat application for teenage girls, you know? I mean, they're running a freaking bank. And some of this is like even wholesale banking. So that's a very old industry that you're trying to operate and manage a different way. And I'm no expert in it. So what, what our trick is with our leaders is that we're bringing in a methodology, a way of asking questions, a way of leveraging their expertise so that they can reshape the way a bank works. Wow. wow. So they've, they've converted. They've converted every branch, every bank across Europe and into Australia is all agile God. and lean innovation. That's impressive. Yeah, that's incredibly impressive. You know, I want, I want to connect you with a, a partner of mine. His name is Charles Reese. Um, if you don't mind, uh, you know, check. I think we just added each other on LinkedIn a few minutes ago. So check out, um, search for him. He's a connection, obviously. Hey. Um, yeah. You, you guys, I think there, there's a lot for the both of you to discuss. What you were just describing in, in the culture and some of the change. Um, you know, he and I talk about that pretty, pretty frequently and, um, it'd be, it'd be a good opportunity for the two of you to connect. You may be able to do some work together. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least maybe just be colleagues. Yeah. What's his last name? Uh, Reese, R-E-E-S-E. Thank you. So uh, one, one question that I, you're welcome. Um, one question that I ask all the guests, you know, um, in this, in this journey, what do you think? has been your greatest asset this could be personal or professional uh what do you think has been your greatest asset and then what do you think has been your greatest liability yeah so for whatever reason i think i actually can do sort of this laser focused diagnosis uh where people are like they don't know how to articulate what their problem is and, and yet i know where they're going like I, for what, and I think a lot of it is just my communication skills or whatever, my writing skills. It's really amazing how it, a lot of people struggle to mean what they say and say what they mean. And so uh, I, I think over time, maybe it's because of having kids as well as working with so many entrepreneurs that you, you hone that. And so I guess I, I can kind of really get to the crux of an issue quickly. I think that the, the problem is, is that I'm not a very I'm not very diplomatic and I'm not very patient. And so like in order to actually get that person to see what I see and to help them overcome and it's not my be I'm not gonna fix it for them. They actually have to change their behavior. I could get frustrated really quickly when when they actually don't like take my advice or or can't understand what I'm saying or don't listen. I just think that there's like too many people in the world that actually want your advice that I don't, I don't want to waste my time with those people that actually, (laughs) it actually happens more often with entrepreneurs than it does like with big corporate people, big corporate people go like, Oh, you wrote a book. Okay. I I better listen to you. 
entrepreneurs are more like talk to a customer do what no i'm automating that no i'm writing code and so any excuse at all not to talk to a customer and so they tend to be a little bit more frustrating yeah no i i completely identify with that and i and i that's um that's exactly mine too in business in in personal life too it, it is very frustrating <laughs> because um you know i share that gift uh, i find solutions and there's this quote i i don't remember who said it but um they said if you want something done uh efficiently hire a lazy person so i i don't know i'm <laughs> i guess i may be considered lazy but i i get to the root of the problem like very very quickly and i come right. up with solutions and then there's another uh i, I was watching I, I don't remember where i saw it like something on TikTok or something but this is like don't how something about knowing things like I don't know, whatever it was, but it, it just seems like I know, um, I find solutions to problems that I shouldn't really know, right? But And I think that's, <laughs> that's kind of what you're saying, but it, it, it does, it comes naturally. And I think a problem solving skills, and I think that that's personally what makes me a bit disruptive. But yeah. not being diplomatic is exactly my problem because I, I truthfully don't care about dipl <laughs> diplomacy. Um, right. I, I just want to get the job done. I want to do it well. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm not, it, it, it's, most people it's are not fond of it, right? Yeah, so, I, I don't call myself, I don't call myself a coach for that reason. As a matter of fact, I have this client that was like, oh, well, you can go and coach these teams. And I go, I'm not a coach. You don't want me to coach your teams because <laughs> I already know the bullshit that they're up to. And I'm just going to call them out on their bullshit and they're going to sure. like be angry with me. But I like that quote about the lazy stuff. It's kind of funny because I, I think about it all the time where people's philosophy is, you know, don't do today what you can put off till tomorrow. Or the fact that I'm going to write you an email or a Slack message instead of picking up the freaking phone. I mean, the thing is, is that I'm, I, I'm not less lazy than they are. I guess I would want to get it to accomplish now because then I get to get, go spend my lazy time not worrying about it as opposed to like, Oh, I'm just going to put it off and be lazy today. Well, no, no, that just creates a bunch of hassle and it's going to be worse when I finally have to do it and I'm going to feel my pressure and all this. Whereas if I just like pick up the phone, get the question, all right, I'm done. And now right. I get to be lazy, right? <laughs> right. No, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Or you get the, the people that text you all day. Just, just give just give me a call. Let's have this conversation in a couple of minutes, you know? In a couple of minutes. Yeah. 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 All right. So, I mean, honestly, I, I think that that is, is pretty clear on what makes both of us a bit disruptive in our industries. <laughs> There's something to be said for that. It's, yeah. um, I honestly, yeah, you know what I think could be said near genius level. I don't know what my IQ is, but I tell everyone I'm like, uh, I, I tell everyone I'm a genius. I don't know if I actually am, but I, I I'm pretty goddamn smart. <laughs> I just let everybody. I, I like other I let every, uh, other people tell me that, um, but I do think it's. Um, <laughs> I do. Th I I get what you're saying, and uh, I think that there's these cultures that get built up where, like, I'm a big fan of Brene Brown, and she talks about re respectful rumbling, and you know, as much as I'm not a great diplomat, I, I'll rumble. And it just drives me crazy that there's all these organizations and these leaders that refuse to rumble because they find it disrespectful. It's like civility is more important than actually accomplishing the goal. And I do, I like I work on it. I, I can be civil, but I'm going to call you out on 
stuff and, and we're going to get to the end result and we're going to agree on it. And if you don't want to do it my way, that's fine, but we're going to have it out and we're going to have it out respectfully. But, you know, people get like all wrapped up around my tone of voice or something like that because I'm pretty passionate about what I do. And they're like, well, and I'm like, I'm not angry. I'm passionate. I, I, I'm like, I fervently believe what I'm saying. And so you, you got to like, got to chill out on me a little bit. Let's have this conversation. And, take and, take and that like, to the next level because I'm about two, uh, six, six, two, two fifty. So when I get passionate yeah. and then people think I'm angry <laughs> and then they think I'm aggressive and then the body language and then it just takes it to the next uh, step, you know? Yeah, no, I'm not, the, I'm not the bear. I guess I'm the pit bull. So <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. Uh, all right, man. Well, listen, last question. Um, it's been a pleasure, but last question, how does, uh, how do you think technology influences your business or how do you, maybe if it doesn't, how do you think it could moving forward? I mean, I, I think that, uh, I mean, we always, I've always been a startup tech guy. And so I like technology, but I also am always, I always am thinking in mind, is it solving a need? So I'm not like a tinkerer really. I don't use stuff that actually doesn't help me. And so I think that I'm always looking at stuff and, and sometimes I'm adopting it. I was, you know, yeah, Slack was cool early on. So I was in on that. Um, I'm like not a big AI, LLM AI fan, because what I do is write content and AI just reinforces mediocrity and uh, conventional wisdom. And so I, uh, there's just so much crap out there. It's amazing to me. But um it's not going to affect my job because that's exactly the opposite of what I try to do. I'm trying to actually add value on top of the content and call out the bullshit content. And so, um, but yeah, technology will always benefit, but also technology is also what all of the companies struggle with. So I guess maybe hopefully that continues to create a market for me. I mean, the technology adoption part is actually the easy part. It's the human part that's difficult. So I do, talks and and write about the human side of digital transformation and that's actually what all the businesses struggle with and they can all go implement ai to the cows come home but they're not going to see the benefit from it and they're not going to really see the roi if they actually don't leverage their people correctly and they don't up level the skills of their people and they don't understand you know how it is to work and and live and manage in a in the 21st century no, I get it. And, uh, you know, I, I experienced the same uh, or very similar. We have, uh, uh, obviously, we're a software company and uh, we have strategic partnership. Uh, we are Zoho partner, probably at this point, number four in the state of Connecticut. Uh, so we, we have a pretty good reputation with them. And uh, when COVID hit, we kind of took off because obviously everyone's going virtual, right? So that, that's really what moved us in, in this direction. Um, but very similarly, I mean, you're talking about software adoption. I think that there's a huge opportunity for us to work together because the people component is, is a lot of what I, uh, obviously what I lack, I have team members that work on the people component. So I think that it'd be great. Like I mentioned Charles, but I, I want to introduce you to everyone. So, you know, I want to stay in touch after this. Let's get together again. Uh, maybe just on a quick call or virtual session or something uh, not podcast related. And we can we can talk about getting introduced to everyone else, you know. I'd love that. That'd be yeah. cool. Um, 
All right, guys. So this has been uh, the another episode of the Disruptive Consulting Podcast. Stay tuned for more. Follow our LinkedIn pod. We have a community coming. A lot, lot more uh, in, in the pipeline. Great events coming up. And, uh, of course, a series of uh, guests. So today, thank you again, Brant. I appreciate you coming on the show. Why don't you, uh, before we wrap up, tell everyone a little bit, uh, a bit about where they can find out more about you or, or connect with you. Yeah, sure, Brian. Thanks again for having me. So I encourage people to reach out, Brant Cooper, all over LinkedIn. I do regular audio events there that uh, on topics you might be interested in, Q&A. Um, Brant at BrantCooper.com if you want to email me. Happy to discuss. You can see my work at uh, MovesTheNeedle.com. That was Disruptive Consulting. The opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of the company, guests, or sponsors. Disruptive Consulting is a presentation of Tangible.